You're listening to Around Comics, episode 226, brought to you by InStockTrades.com, Afro Samurai, Shiguri Death, Frenzy, and Netflix. I can't say the Japanese names. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where each week our revolving panel of guests talk about everything in and around the world of comic books and comics culture. And Around Comics is recorded at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles, located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop on by. And have some cake. And have some cake. Or yeah, pizza. Mike, Mike if, if it's someone's birthday. Yeah, Mike brought me cake. It's your birthday. It was your birthday. Like two a weeks week ago. Week and a, well, yeah, like, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, Hey there, folks. I'm Chris Trenisman, and uh, thank you for listening. First of all, let me get you introduced to this week's all-brand-new spanking panel. Uh, first of all, is my partner in crime. It's Ryan Salazar. Yo. Hello. What's up? I'm reading. I'm up because I'm all I hopped up on sugar from I'm, all that cake. From the cake. Mike likes sugar. the uh, butter uh, cream you not a buttercream fan? Are you nah, more of a whipped cream I'm fan? more of a whipped cream fan. I like the whipped cream. You, I'll eat the buttercream. You mean Cake Man? Cake Man, Mike Norton, no, yes. He is truly Cake Man. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm Welcome not going to the I, cake I don't turn cast. down free cake. It's not the crank cast anymore. It's the, the cake, cake cast. Cake. Uh, our, our good friend, Mr. Uh, Mr. John Suntress, the host of Word Blue. Hello, Hello. how are you? All right, back from, back from San Francisco. Back from the dead. Yes, oh. beautiful WonderCon. Although that was weeks ago. Now that'll be a month ago by the yeah. time this thing airs. But, uh, yeah, this is the first time I've seen you. No, 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 no. We, we went to Watchmen. We saw Watchmen we together. I was in a Watchmen yeah. haze last time I saw That's you. That's right, indeed. And, uh, and our special guest this week, uh, uh, multiple uh, return guest here, uh, the, uh, the author of such titles as Clumsy and Little Things, and, uh, and also the uh, new book, Funny Misshapen Body. Uh, the owner of that, of, of that Funny Misshapen Body is Mr. <laughs> Jeffrey Brown. Hi. His body's know? normal. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're the, we're the endomorphs you, over you, here. You what have, are you talking about? You do not have a, a funny I, misshapen body. I wear baggy clothes. Oh. <laughs> to hide the funny misshapen body. Well, it's good to see you. It's been a long time since we... Since we yeah. talked to you on the show. Yeah. Good to have you back. What Thanks. have you been doing other than drawing comics? Anything else? Um, we'll get to the comics. Watching my kid. Watching your kid? That's right. You that, have, is, uh, that, that, that is uh, one cute kid last time I saw him at uh, Wizard Chicago last year. Yeah. Little cute little yeah. redhead. Where do you get that? Re- yeah. Is his mother a redhead? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That explains but it. But it gets blonder in the summer and... Because he's baked like a, in the sun. It's like a tree. Like, we set him outside. He's like sun tea. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to get sweet. He's, he, yeah. he's, sun, he's sun aged. And you were at Staple? And I was at Staple last week. Okay. The, that was the good. Austin kind of Austin. It was good. Yeah. It's a that's, good uh, that's uh, two weeks in a row that that, uh, that Austin is, uh, is a happening place because they're uh, South by Southwest. South by Southwest. Has, uh, has uh, just taken place as we... It's. Right as we speak, I think. Yeah, starting it's, up yeah. this week. Taking yeah. place. Yeah. There you go. Uh, before we get uh, started in our comics talk, I want to remind everyone that, that this episode of Around Comics is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. And InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more, all at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 do, in fact, ship for free. And right now, you can get our book club selection, The Adventures of Luther Arkwright, uh, for 
for a fantastic 35% off the cover price. It can be yours for the low, low price of $12.32. That's a hell of a deal because yeah, that is. is a very oh. hefty trade oh. and an excellent book. And am I, uh, Sal, you probably know better. Um, have I heard correctly that a volume three in the story is coming? Oh, I... Uh... You know, I thought there was word of that, but I'm not sure. I think there might be because he's, you know, there's been like a resurgence of that book. Uh huh. Um, you know, it originally came out in. I want to say 80s or. Yeah, early it 90s? was in the 80s. I'll tell you what, anyone that thinks that Morrison <clears throat> writes some wacky shit, check oh, yeah. out check out some Brian Talbot. Yeah, Brian Talbot. Oh my god, a funny guy. Funny oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. God, well, I, I met him in San Diego in 07, and just he floored me. That's a that's a that is a dense book. So I'm enjoying it. I'm actually going on vacation soon, and I'm, I'm taking it with me. So we'll see how it reads in Mexico. David Tennant, uh, Doctor Who, is in the audiobook. Oh, really? And, and uh, plays Luther, and it's quite good. Yeah, oh, there that's is, cool. There's an audio. I linked to that in our post on it. That yeah, there's an audio book that was done of it. And you, you used to be able to actually read the whole thing online at Brian Talbot's website, but he has since uh, just put up. Uh, samples of mm. it. Okay. I want you to go buy that book. And Are we is burning something incense? burning? Yeah, no, I, think I, think, I think somebody burned a mule in here oh, earlier, okay. and I think that's why <laughs> the incest has been cracked out. But now, yeah, now it smells, now it smells like a record store in 1978. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the uh, the local comic shop slash head shop now. Do, do you have Don McLean's American Pie? It's in the back, man. It's in the back. <laughs> um... Music for this episode. I have. Uh, yes. Who you, who'd you choose? Well, I haven't picked it. Uh, so shall we let well, Jeffrey pick? Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's the eclectic mind well, we, of Jeffrey. We, 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 we spotlight uh, a different band uh, or, or uh, solo artist every every episode. And uh, last week it was the Black Keys, as suggested by uh, by Dave Stewart, Colorist Supreme. Um, but yeah, you got uh, got any bands? Yeah, you like? What, what band? What if it's like really obscure? It can be fun. Like. As as you can find if it. I can find it on like uh, Amazon MP3 to... or um, that, I'm fine. I'm just gonna go with the, the last album I listened to today, which is Nico Case's new album. You are so nice. awesome because I, I wanted to like pick that. that. Nice. He would have he would have given me so much I shit if I Why? picked that because it's Nico Case and she's awesome and Sal would have given yeah, me cool. shit about it. That is, I, I not, give him shit about just about anything he listens yeah, to. Not my yeah. favorite Nico Case album yet. There's a couple. I, I, there's two or three songs I'm not totally digging, okay, but yeah. I think it's I think That's it's a very yeah. Short I get album. the the, the <laughs> iTunes with like the 30 minute bonus. Um, it's just crickets at night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's uh, I, I'm actually a, uh, yeah. a big uh, fan of Fox Confessor. Is one of my favorites yeah. of hers. So and Blacklisted. Black, oh, they're all good. Black Never Listed. again will we have a guest pick. <clears throat> uh, can I? Can I? Uh, <laughs> uh, Wait. Can I have a like Backup? a B side pick? Oh, well, sen- 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 well no. since it is no. a Nico Case spotlight, can I yep. mix some uh, new pornographers in there? Maybe. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Sweet. Definitely. Sweet. You, you'll do the new pornographers. Yeah. Sure. All yeah, right. All right. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. I'm all happy. Turn that down. I'm all happy. Now, all right. Um, well, you know, now on, I'm picking all the music. <laughs> you were all happy about the Black Keys. I was. I like, very happy I like the old the 97s Keys. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was very excited. Got to dig that uh, Bloodshot Records band. Um, you have, sir, a new book out. Uh, we had talked about it a minute ago. Funny misshapen body, and this is the second book that is uh, is published by Simon and Schuster. It's actually yeah. Touchstone, which Touchstone is an imprint. Is, yeah, yeah. So um, you you are you're in the big leagues now. You're not yeah. messing with these. I was. With these... Now this book's out. You're that, done. That's it. Is that it? You know. Yeah. Did you get the well, letter the, already? 
Back to mini comics. Sorry, and we'll, no. well, we'll, we'll, we'll joke. You had a good run, Jeff. That's back to staple and stuff. Well, we'll joke about, you know, no. uh, 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 publishing in, in, for different comic book publishers. But, you know, you in the past have, have published through Top Shelf, which is one of yeah. our favorite publishers. And, and by no means uh, you know, we, we would ever say anything uh, bad about Top Shelf. The great products there. But it is yeah. exciting to have stuff yeah. put through and, Simon & I mean, and I, I'm still doing stuff with Top Shelf. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, it was just a... The, an opportunity to work with a bigger publisher who who can reach a different market. Um, Simon Schuster obviously has has a much bigger presence in in the book market than sure. Top Shelf does. And um, for now, there's yeah for for now, <laughs> you know, could change. Um, and I mean, Top Shelf definitely has a a bigger presence now than you know when I started. Sure, oh, absolutely working with them. Seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. Been that long? Is that was clumsy yeah. your first book there? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I, that's what I thought. And then, uh, um, what are some of the other books that you uh, that you uh, published through Top Shelf? I know uh, Big Head, Big and Head, then, and then your Sulk series. The, and and I'm going to be small. Incredible Change Bots. <laughs> Still um, one of my favorites. Yeah. So and yeah, and then most recently the Sulk series, which is um, what I'm going to be working on for the foreseeable future. I was. It's supposed to be quarterly, so I'm I'm still drawing the third issue right now. <laughs> well, that's so, I mean, so you kind of have your like, your own uh, your your own imprint at at Top Shelf with yeah. Sock is is kind of a ongoing Jeffrey Brown comic there. Yeah, I think it was just kind of a way to um, let myself do different things that, um, you know, like like Funny Misshapen Body is this. 300 plus page book and it's got you know it's a book and the sulk the sulk books are you know thinner and it's it's ideas and things i have that you know like it's harder to fill up the same amount of space or like 300 but doing them as a as a series even though each issue is totally different they all kind of have the same sensibility and the first one was a was a big head story, correct? Yep. And then the second one is something that you had teased us with for gosh, it seemed like two years we had heard about yeah. this. And John, you would have you have you read his uh, second sulk? The uh, deadly no, I've, awesome. I've only read big head actually. De- deadly awesome, which I'll let you uh, explain. It's my uh, my um, I guess my tribute to mixed martial arts, um, which of course will will come as a surprise to everyone who's listening to this thinking. I'm, <laughs> That's the guy who did clumsy. He's so sensitive. <laughs> and, he likes a um, good beat down. Yeah, but uh, I like. You know, you're a big UFC guy, mixed martial arts. Thing? Yeah, mixed martial arts. Cool. Um, it was. It is. While, it is so. a fantastic it's, read. I, I yeah. loved it. I'd like to read that. It yeah, is. Except- 80, Eighty page fight scene. Mm-hmm. Cool. Of course. Yeah. Um, Continuous fight scene. Yeah. So. Yeah. What what I loved about it is that uh, you know you can say it, it's an eighty page fight scene, but it's not like a you know image nineties image comic you know you know big explosions yeah, and yeah. laser beams. It, it was it was well a that's fight all scene. in that there. was that was the original plan, and then I, re- I realized that to do that for eighty pages didn't didn't work so well. I needed to to find another way to keep myself interested. 
Well, and you did it. You know what I loved about it is that it was while it was certainly a, a fight scene, it was you were inside the heads of of the two uh, of the two combatants, and it was you know their thought process through the fight, and you know figuring out what the other guy is doing, and, and their strategies, and their their corner men, and so John John is a uh, big boxing fan and actually a, a, a boxing reporter for for several years, and so I, I think that you would really enjoy the uh, the mental. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, very, very much the thinker's part of uh, of the fight. It took a long time for me to warm up Sorry. to mixed martial arts because, um, you know, when when UFC first came out, there really were, were no rules, yeah, and it yeah. was so brutal. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's you know, it's t- it was tough it's a to much, see. It's a much different sport. Absolutely, now. It's, um, you know, there's rules in place, and it's much more technical. Um, it's not some guy pulling yeah. a, a razor out of his boot or. Yeah, or even, I mean, just even, you know, some of the the things they had, you know, like just certain elbow strikes and, you know. Striking somebody when they were on the ground. Yeah, like. Their heads on the ground. Yeah, like like you can't have a guy lying there and you're stomping on his head like. Exactly. Stuff to actually protect the fight. Yeah, yeah. And and it was what was keeping the sport from really in the United States being regarded as a serious sport. And finally, guys like Dan Cook went to the commissions and said. Okay, what do we need to do to make this a legitimate sport? What rules do you want to see us do? And, you know, the, the commission was surprised that they actually listened to them. And now you see... And the popularity I mean, took off. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. It's, it's totally eclipsed boxing. And and I have to admit, I've become more of a fan in the years have gone on. And now I really do enjoy watching well, I was uh, 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 Wrestling was my sport growing up. Sure. And so, you know, I see... you know I love watching the grappling of it. It's, it is, it's incredibly intense. And, I mean, these are skilled athletes. And, yeah, the, there's a there's a brutal part to the, to the sport. Bastards, but But... Oh, man, they are they are tough. But uh, yeah, you're you're talking about you know you're 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 uh, kind of an unassuming guy whenever people meet you in uh, in person. But yeah, you love MMA and you're a huge hockey fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, love the, blood sports. I I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's true. That's right. <laughs> if there were gladiators, yeah, like today. baseball, like. Boring. Nobody, nobody like, leaves. Nobody gets hurt. You know, if there's a commercial on the, for Sports Center, you know, showing the big bench clearing brawl, I might watch Sports Center for the highlights. But, but you know, I forget. Was it Jake Geldof? There was a there's a yeah. great indie car- cartoonist that did uh, old hockey stories, true hockey stories. Was it um, Jake Geldof? Or it's one of those guys. Rob, there's a guy Rob Rob Ullman it is, who has yes. a little comic called Old Time Hockey yes, Tales. Yes, it is Rob Ullman. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've it's a great those. little book. Yes, um, indeed. Well, talking about you know <laughs> hockey, um, uh, one of your one of your good friends and another yeah. uh, and another top shelf uh, creator, Jeff Lemire, is right, right. Uh, maybe the biggest hockey fan I've ever met. I think he, yeah, honest, Canadian. honest to God, I think he came to the Windy City show yeah. last year so he could go to a Blackhawks. I'm game. sure yeah. that's the case. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. Canadian. They're all they're all hockey. Fans. But uh, his yeah. his Essex he, County is he has like uh, skates and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has Canadian. a stick. Yeah. They, they yeah, come out they come out of the womb and get skates. Crazy. I was going to yeah. say I don't think you're allowed in the playground. Unless you like hockey, yeah, in Canada, that, that's you know pretty much. They don't actually have playgrounds; they just have ice, yeah. ice, ice, <laughs> ice rings. Hold it down. <laughs> but uh, anyway, tell tell us about uh, uh, funny misshapen body. As as Sal was over here giggling as he was looking through it, <laughs> I was laughing at the uh, the scene of you first taking a bong hit, yeah, and, and then just sitting there going Voltron. They've got Voltron. <laughs> I was just—I don't know—for some reason that, <laughs> it sounds about really right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. It was perfect. It was just like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a perfect. Uh, you, know, you were there. Yeah, you were there with yeah, me. I think I probably yeah. was. At least. That was your Voltron. Um, 
on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. So funny, misshapen body. It's uh, um, autobiographical stories, um, and yeah, it's one of, one of the things I've always tried to do with with my work. Is I started out doing the autobiographical comics, and then I go go back and we'll do you know the stuff like Big Head or these you know different stories, and then I go back to the the autobiographical stuff. And and funny, misshapen body is kind of the story of how I ended up um, at this point of. How, well, how I became a cartoonist drawing autobiographical stories. And um, so there's stories about high school all the way through art school and um, how just that evolution of of where I at one point thought I was going to be a, a painter and was going to exhibit my paintings in New York galleries and um, ended up just doing what I thought I was going to do when I was a kid, which is... Draw comics. Nice. <laughs> not, not for Marvel yet, but, you know. Well, you know, speaking of, you know, Marvel is doing the... Um, uh, the, the anthology. The, yeah, Indie the, anthology. The Indie anthology. Uh, are you going to be involved with that or any any, they, any hopes? They haven't be? asked me. I, actually, I heard that that anthology got scrapped unless they've restarted it. They just it. They restarted it, it. yeah. Um, Paul Pope is doing a story in it. So <laughs> so Jeff, do, Jeffrey uh, just threw his rock. hands up in the air. I well, I what do I, I got to do? I went to bat for it because it was, it was on the uh, comic book resources website. They had posted a couple of pages. They'll learn eventually. And I went on there and I said, I'd really love to see Jeffrey Brown's Wolverine story yeah, in this anthology. You know, or, yeah, I don't so. think you're going to see the Wolverine story. <laughs> That's what, yeah, it's... That's uh, a, I, that's actually one of my prized possessions is that I have the Jeffrey Brown Wolverine mini comic at home. I who's, keep it in very. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. I was uh, say, it's who's uh, uh, Paul, Paul Pope. No, uh, who's editing it? That's oh, what I'm oh, I didn't. I don't even oh, okay. know. I don't even know. It, it, I don't it, think I don't know if it even said who was editing it. Yeah, I'd almost be surprised if it wasn't CB, but it, it, it may not yeah, be. But that's, that sounds like something CB would do. I don't know. Yeah, I think I that know. the editor that had was originally doing it left Marvel. I believe. Oh, maybe last that was, I heard. Maybe so that was Andy Schmidt or somebody. It was. His name was Aubrey. Hmm. Oh. Jean? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Autry. Gene Autry. Oh, it was Gene Autry. There's of course Jim Aubrey, the former Jim CBS yeah, uh, sure, Smiling sure, Cobra, Jim, yeah. who but, yeah, CBS yeah, for I, I would I would love to see you get involved with with with. with yeah, the you know, I, I still have hopes that someday I I will realize that dream of. Of drawing because a Marvel you grew up comic. a big superhero fan. As a big superhero yeah. fan, and as, especially Marvel, X Men um, was my first. The first comic I bought was X Men issue one ninety two. Um, uh, John Romita Jr. Is that one ninety two? I don't. I don't have that kind. I think of no. Uh, <laughs> reference. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. That was about the Romita, Romita yeah, era. Yeah. yeah, Chris Claremont years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the whole. The whole series, but you know, all the way through, like when Alan Davis was doing some stuff. And big fan. favorite uh comic book creators to talk to because i mean you still you still buy superhero comics you still enjoy uh the 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 capes and cows but you're obviously kind of dialed into the to the to the indie scene and i mean so you have a really wide knowledge base of what's going on in in a lot of different areas of comics yeah yeah and i think i mean 
I, I kind of went through this phase where when I when I went off to college, um, I I just I sold off my collection for beer money. Um, well, apparently, you know, stopped, according to this comic, it wasn't beer. <laughs> well, that was after college. Oh, okay. So, and I never paid for it. So. Oh, that a boy. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I sold off my collection, stopped reading comics. I think I was, I would, I was actually still going to the comic book store every week. Uh, I'm just, like, I had to still go every Wednesday, but or you know, it used to not be Wednesday. Mondays. It used to be used Monday to be or was it Thursday. Okay. It switched days like a lot. Um, I remember when it was Mondays, but I, yeah. Know, that'd be an interesting. Um, you guys should do a show about new comics, new comic day, new comic day, how it came about. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't until I three years after college, I was getting ready to move to Chicago, and you know, I'd still been going into comic stores and kind of rediscovered them, and started off just really getting into all the indie stuff like Chris Ware and Dan Klaus were probably like the two big ones that got me reinterested. And then, um, and then after kind of getting all that and then still wanting to read more, I kind of started to get back into superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Like first maybe as like a bit of nostalgia, like rebuying some of the old stuff I, I had growing up. And then, um, you know, I think maybe the big breakthrough there was, starting to read some Grant Morrison stuff and just kind of like broke that barrier for me again. Yeah, it's like, wow, these, these are not the comics that I, that I remember reading. That they, yeah. They've, they've grown up considerably. So, Was that yeah. like Animal Man or uh, um, Arkham Asylum or? Well, I read Arkham Asylum back oh, okay. originally. Well, so this is early 90s, but, so like, like I didn't, Doom Patrol and but, stuff like that? Or? Well, no, no. I mean, I read Arkham Asylum and then that was like right before I stopped First reading it, but I don't think I had, like, had any concept when I started reading Grant Morrison again that he did Arkham Asylum until after I, I think I, I guess I started with The Invisibles, oh, maybe, cool. or, or okay. in Seven Soldiers of Victory and, well, and, and All-Star Superman. Oh, so, so this is recent stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I came back to the superheroes. Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just in, like, the last <clears throat> few years. Okay. I, I guess, so. Yeah, it was, uh, it was honest, we were, I was, uh kind of hammering on Bendis uh, in our last episode, but yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man is one of the books that, that got me uh, seriously back into comics. It's like, okay. 2000, yeah. Yeah, about, yeah, it's been 99. about... 99. Yeah, but yeah, right, yeah, right around the, the turn of the, the millennia. Sure. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, uh, Bendis's Ultimate Spider-Man and uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Why the Last Man and... Uh, yeah, 100 uh, Bullets was another one, I oh, guess, yeah. too, that kind of, you know, bridges that gap between mainstream and alternative it's definitely you know it's just its own genre yeah whenever you have a guy like you know eduardo rizzo uh, it's you know who i don't think is probably um thought of as a as a as a mainstream style artist even though he's done you know great work with with brian on batman but yeah you look uh you know at the uh the amount of of european and south american artists that have come onto the scene especially this decade i think is uh it may have been josh blaylock that said as um you could almost see each uh, each country as it got broadband uh, a rush of, <laughs> of artists. Yeah, because they pretty much. Yeah, because they would be able to, to email samples and, and work via via the internet. So as countries get get broadband access, you see these artists from from different countries. It's, I, it's pretty amazing. I had a chance to meet uh, Tony DeZuniga uh, in San Francisco at WonderCon, and you know he was part of that first wave of uh, Filipino artists that came in the seventies, 
And yeah, it's just hearing him talking about mailing, you know, pages and pages and stuff and, you know, some stuff not making it. And, you know, really, it wasn't like, you know, my dog ate my homework. It really was like, hey, I sent the story. I don't yeah. know what happened you to it. You got lost in the airmail. So, you got like Alex Nino. I was going to say, Nino was oh. right across from him, too. And yeah, it was really cool seeing Oh, those Nino guys. was there? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. so good. He's and so it's, good. Uh, yeah, in fact, I brought, uh, it's in the corner. I, I brought some art from uh, WonderCon I wanted to show you guys anyway. That I got. Got but, me some Alex Nino original pages. I didn't get anything from Alex, but I got a great Hex uh, pencil sketch from uh, De Zuniga that's just beautiful. Nice. And uh, no, I really intend to talk to them. But you're right. It's I. It's funny because even back then, as a kid growing up in the '70s and early '80s, it was fun to see the the European and and uh, Asian and and South American art that was coming in, and it really. It, it it didn't. I think it hit me subconsciously that this stuff was different than the house styles of DC and Marvel. And now it's nice that there are even more sophisticated stories to match with the sophisticated art. And I think we're yeah. just it's it's a good time. Absolutely. You know, and, and we look at the you know the 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 buildup of uh, of foreign artists, especially in uh, Europe and, and South America in, in the last few years. Um, but but the the American mini comic, you're one of the the more well known creators that that is. That moved, I think that, um, yeah, that has moved from yeah. mini comics to right, published right. work. Um, do you see this kind of work uh, taking place in in Europe or, or South America or Asia, that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I mean definitely. Um, just like um, having been to France and seeing, you know, they have like the similar scene where you have people, you know, self-publishing and starting out that way. And, um, you know, just just the way uh, like the the cost of printing now to you can you can print up a few copies of your and with computers and being able to lay everything out. And um, it's it's a lot easier to to instead of, you know, toiling away and having no one see the work until someone wants to publish it you can you can start building an audience by they, they publishing the, it the yourself french, the french version of kinkos over there with you know french artists you know putting their putting yeah. their books together i guess kind of stuff. Yeah. i don't know you know the i don't remember seeing a kinkos la, la kinko <laughs> <laughs> they have a different name for it it's, it's speaking of kinkos i i just finished reading uh, will pyfer's Late oh, nights yeah, at Kinko's yeah. and all of his mini comics collected together, and, yeah. I th and I think you're right. I think a lot of people can self-publish now and put out a nice-looking product. Yeah, that, that's pretty much Jackson returns in the sequel to the best-selling anime of 2007, Afro Samurai Resurrection. Afro Samurai avenged his father and found a life of peace, but a beautiful and deadly woman is forcing him back into the game. Starring Samuel L. Jackson and Lucy Liu, with new beats from the RZA featuring two hours of extras. Get the Blu-ray and DVD on February 3rd. Afro Samurai Resurrection. One brother, one path, 1,000 deaths. Visit AfroSamurai.com for more details. Any difference? Uh, we had mentioned earlier uh, that this was the second of the books published through Simon and Schuster. Was there any difference for you um, in the creative process at all? I mean, were you working with an editor at Simon and Schuster, and was yeah? There any... I mean, uh, the the when I when I signed on with Simon and Schuster was for for two books, and with little things, the first the first book with them, I the, that book was um, almost finished when when we went to them. Whereas Funny and Misshapen Body I had. And he didn't even have the script at that point. And so um, it was the first time where I signed a deal for a book 
that I hadn't written already. Yeah, yeah didn't have it. Was, uh, it's like, shit, I got to do this now. now. Usually, <laughs> with, usually with Top Shelf, it's, you know, I, I finish it and then give it to them and they put it out. You know, there's not the same kind of, whereas with Simon Schuster, it's like you finish the book a year before it comes out and then they, you know, they start doing uh, advanced press and right, the marketing you know, they, plan for it. Yeah, they have you know they they have all this different machinery in place um, before the book even comes out. So, um, and I, I kind of struggled with funny misshapen body where I I'd actually drawn about a hundred pages and and it didn't feel right and I was feeling all kinds of different pressures and I scrapped those hundred pages and actually restarted drawing it and wrote it slightly changed the writings uh, a bit um well there's so, a lot of work to do on something and then scrap it was that a, i mean that had to be a pretty it was difficult a, decision it was it was pages. i mean but it, it just came down to you know i could tell like the last few pages i had drawn of those hundred where i could i could see myself you know like losing interest and and uh, momentum and it was you know do i force myself to to draw another 300 pages not enjoying it or do I start over and have to do all this work again and it was you know I I kind of probably easier just to start over yeah you know I took a couple months of just agonizing over the decision and then (laughs) yeah I mean if and if you're losing interest then the reader the chances are there it's not going to have that same passion you know I was going to ask whenever you whenever you approach a project like this that's going to be two three hundred pages do you work up a full script and then draw it or do you just kind of like start and go and just see where Um, where it leads for the for the bigger projects I usually have a, a pretty detailed script and um with little things was which is um, all these different short stories, I, I kind of did script for for story by story, mm-hmm. and then um, it just ended up being however many pages it was. Just like once I had the stories finished, it's like, well, that's that's how long it is. How with, it is. Funny in Shape and Body, there was like a plan, like of wanting to to tell this kind of overall story of of becoming a cartoonist and fitting in um, parallel to that stories of kind of growing up from from high school through college and kind of finding myself um so i i wanted to tell that story like i didn't want it to become unwieldy um but i didn't want to you know cut two certain things out so i i had actually at first i had the like a panel by panel script breakdown of, wow. of the entire book and um and that's the script i was working from when when i got to those hundred pages and and i i just felt too restricted by my own script and planning and this writer is an asshole it's like like, what's he thinking this is i'm gonna email that bastard yeah oh he never gets back well i have two email accounts so i i did it wasn't here asshole um, that'd be a good motivational tool, actually. <laughs> do you, when, when, but whenever, whenever you get into it, yeah. do you, do you kind of um, not not change course, but you get into the project? And obviously, you don't have to confer with a writer or or, or the artist because mm-hmm. you're both. Or uh, you know what, this part of the story needs a little bit more air. I'm gonna I'm gonna spread it out by a couple yeah, more yeah. pages. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that was part of being too restricted by that that script, where it's you know it's planned out so meticulously that that there's no room to to change things and. Um, I just felt like the the entire story needed to be reorganized. Um, it was a much I, I had it arranged much more chronologically at first, and now it's the the stories themselves are 
kind of chronological, but they're a little more um, deliberately arranged in terms of um, going back and forth in time and kind of, I mean, I usually don't work so in such a linear fashion anyway. And um, and then also just in terms of the the drawing was was really tight and I just felt like, like everything was stiffening up and so I kind of scrapped that script and rewrote the script and cut out a lot of things that felt kind of like they were there because they happened in high school or, you know, but didn't relate so closely to the overall feeling of, of the stories. And then, so then I had a script that was more page by page than panel by panel. And then I kind of would write each page as I got to it, which is how I write like the big head stories usually is just kind of, I have kind of, I know what's going to happen on page and then this happens on this page and then you, you know, then lay and it I kind out of like fill in as I draw each page. Do you, uh, with your autobiographical work, do you kind of go at each project with an overall theme that you want to, you know, uh, talk about or, or is it, is it more, you know, just sort of start with a, a, a moment in time and, and work around that or how, how is that? I mean, you know, what is your sort of process as far as going, okay, I'm going to do a book, uh, about my own life, how do you sort of choose what it's, parts? It's usually just just I have like an overall theme, and then and then it's just um, I kind of will sit down and write down all the stories that kind of relate to that theme or all the ideas okay. that I want to put in, and then it's just kind of continuously like refining that until I've cut out everything that that repeats itself or that isn't doesn't seem to fit as well, and then. Um, for for some of the like anthologies where I'll do like a one or two page story, then it's more, it, it's usually a little different. Where it's like you know like this this particular moment or event right. that I might that you know doesn't fit into any bigger context. Whereas um, you know like a, a book like Funny Misshapen Body, where it's kind of about finding yourself, and for me specifically, like finding myself as a cartoonist or right. an artist, and so it's just you know picking and choosing the the stories that relate to that and trying to um, have them all add up to to show that development. Do you then go back and sort of go, okay, these are all the different scenes that will be in it, uh, you know, and then sort of try and figure out, you know, what's the most interesting way to tell those tales or because it's not generally chronological or linear in fashion. A lot of times you – I mean this one seems a bit more linear, but at the same time you jump around. In yeah. Points. So are you are – you, just sort of looking at it, okay, going, here are all the scenes, and how do I tell sort of the, the most interesting story, or is yeah. there something else to that? Um, then I guess I, I'm not, I do, I'm not always really, like, focusing on, like, the interesting story or characters, but more of just, like, what feeling do I want to get across here? Or it's, it's much more like a vague kind of expressionistic um way of doing things where like with the with the story about um there's a story in there about being diagnosed with Crohn's disease and it's mm -hmm. um less about being sick than like being okay with being sick or you know like like getting past that and just you know kind of like dealing with it as as it comes and so um it's more about the the emotions you want to yeah so it's about it's not about the event itself, but but how how that event fits into the context of your life and okay. like 
what is it what does that event mean to you yeah what, so. what comes from that what yeah what do you get from that okay have have uh your editors at uh touchstone have they have they come to you and said they want a specific theme or anything as far as um, what they're looking for from you or no they've actually uh were were really kind of they kind of let me run with it um and uh you know, they were a little more hands-on, I guess, than than Top Shelf usually is. I mean, Chris Chris will give me Chris Darrell's from Top Shelf will sure. give me feedback, um, but I've I think I've been pretty fortunate in that that, or maybe it's just unfortunate, depending on how much you like my books. <laughs> <laughs> I've been giving given pretty free range um, with with with. Uh, the work I've I've done both at Top oh, Shelf both, and okay. and Touchstone. Okay. I was, I was, I was when when you're dealing with uh, with Touchstone, which you know is part of a, a huge book publisher that is is prose, you know, prose uh, mm-hmm. fiction and nonfiction. Um, what was your experience dealing with a, a publisher that may not be as familiar with with comics as? You know, as someone like Chris at, at Top Shelf, who really understands the medium and knows what is good and 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 what may not, you know, something that he may want to pass on. What was it like working with uh, a book publisher that maybe wasn't as familiar with comics as a medium? Yeah, I think. Well, I think the the biggest difference might be just in in terms of how how they market it, um, what they do with the book after it's finished. I mean, uh, you have. Um, in in the writing process, there was there was more um, like proofreading, and then they they have like a legal department look at it and um, things like that that were um, less formal with Top Shelf. Um, but it's I, I guess I think the big difference was afterward when when the book is finished and and they can get it in stores, but you know like. It was kind of coming back to me and like who do who do we need to promote this book with? Like who do we talk to? Like who can we send this book to to read? And you're like, well, about, I know I some like, guys that record over at Dark Tower every couple like, of weeks. <laughs> and Stacy has been fantastic. It was fu- it was actually funny dealing with uh, uh, Stacy. Is your um, uh, she's the the publicist yeah, that's publicist. working in. She's not my publicist, but she's the publicist. She's, she's the publicist yeah. that, that that works that that. And works yeah. on your stuff, like, and, and yeah. I think uh, uh, um, um, uh, Lucy Nisley. Um, mm-hmm. She works with Lucy on on uh, French Milk, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it was really funny uh, emailing back and forth with Stacy that she was very formal and and very you know it's like yeah. well you know I'll contact Jeffrey and we'll see if we can set this. I was yeah. like, I, I I can email Jeffrey. Like yeah. can, <laughs> give me a call. Yeah, yeah and and that's uh, I think that's another big difference is that that the comics community is is pretty intimate and and mm-hmm. small not i mean even when it's not small it's it is kind of small it's you know um, comparatively to yeah like if you really needed to you can get on the phone with just about anyone making anybody. comics yeah. mm-hmm. um and there's lots of things where with with top shelf i would handle a lot of the press myself like you know someone would write to me about you know doing an interview or asking if they could you know, run run some sample artwork or something, and with with Simon and Schuster, it's you know they have this department that handles yeah. permissions for you know artwork, and then this department handling you know. So there's all these different layers of of people to go through um, for things that that I was used to just doing myself. 
Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably the first time they've ever had to proofread a three hundred pound or a three hundred pound a three hundred page uh, uh, hand lettered book. Yeah, which is probably a little bit different for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there, I mean, there's, it's, um, but they were they actually were really good. There's a couple places where you know they're like this, this kind of doesn't make sense. Like, can you clarify this or you know, and then just different spelling errors, which, um, like with with a book like Clumsy where I kind of intentionally left all the mistakes on the page is, you know, hence the title kind of fits. <laughs> clumsy. Sure, sure. It's like the idea being like there's a, you make all these mistakes naturally, but um, now I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm being more careful with that, that kind of thing. Um, unless it, unless it doesn't really interfere with like what the book is accomplishing, then, then I, you know, I might be more willing to let something go, but um yeah. And, and a typo yeah. for you is literally white out in a in a pen, yeah. right? Well, I just used Photoshop. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was going to ask you because I remember I don't remember which book it was. Yeah, but um, the one book that you had done before it was published, you had shown us, and it was all yeah, done used in to, a notebook. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I still to, I still draw like that, and it used to be where where I would uh, I would uh, I would just. Uh, like redraw a panel and tape it into like the the sketchbook, right. and now you know I'll still do that for some things, but like for like if it's just like one little thing that I can fix by you know like like um if I forget like misshapen actually I initially spelled with one s and it's two s's and so you know to to change that like in the book in, in, a, in, in a bubble of words yeah so it's not you know I can just. I can just move things over a little and <laughs> right. copy the S and uh, yeah. You know, I was, gonna, I was just thinking about. I, we had talked a couple episodes back about um, the Kindle that I just I just bought a Kindle yeah. and I was thinking, you know, it's like your book would be your be books fine would Kindle. be perfect yeah. for a Kindle. Have you ever have yeah. you considered that at all of maybe doing a Kindle version of it and and I you know I haven't, but that's. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just there's, think if there's, you know. Yeah, I've actually thought, or or even like uh, the idea of reading it on a cell phone because I, yeah, so much of my autobiographical stuff is like just these square panels, and it'd be really easy to put in that form to have those stories yeah. in that yeah. format. Um, yeah, it's like it's like you know, an Alex Ross painted book is not going to do real well on the Kindle right now, right? But, right. Uh, um, but your, your stuff stuff would uh, translate. In, in, in size and, yeah, and yeah. because it's because it's line art is uh, well, uh, Kindle get in touch. <laughs> are you are you thinking about any, Kindle, anything like that? I mean, have you have you I, experimented with trying to? No, I, 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 you I know, talked to Dean Haspiel once. And yeah, he, you know, he talked about. Uh, he seems like a guy who would like who would be up for. I mean, me, I'm just I kind of like do what I've been doing and until I Don't have to do it differently. Until sure. <laughs> <laughs> someone. Absolutely, like okay, sorry, that technology no longer exists, Jeff. You're going to have well, to do we, things differently. We were told by uh, one of uh, your uh, your former coworkers, Josh Elder, that you're, yeah. you're getting involved with his project. Comic. You're getting all technique. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, uh, uh, that's not. That's not, I just give it to him. Oh, and then they, they do their they do their techie by, magic. By the way, I and, advised uh, him to take all your notebooks and eBay them. <laughs> no, because I'm just sending him scans. So. Oh, so he doesn't know. So. Okay. See, uh, he 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 made us. Feel like he had all the, the originals. originals. Yeah. No, Jeffrey wouldn't do. It's like time to no, give no them one, to Josh. No one crazy? touches those. <laughs> going back to yeah. uh, Simon Schuster, one uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about working with them was um, 
What did you get? There? Millions of dollars. Millions. <laughs> you're, you're rich man now. It's it? all gone. <laughs> One weekend in Vegas. It lasted. Pizza. It lasted two months, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a great two months. You were, uh, what did you get um, the feeling from them as far as their thoughts on who to market the book to? Because you said like they would be asking you who should we market this to, and I would kind of think that they would have the idea of going, okay, we're going to try and market this to a, a larger audience than than. Yeah, just well, that, the, I mean, that was kind of my. My hope initially was that you know they would try and have it placed in in like the biography section in bookstores and and my idea being that that the the people who read my comics would would look for it and be able to find it and then people who don't normally read comics would stumble on it. Um, right. But um, it ended up being you know in the graphic novel section just because they felt that the people that are going to want to read it will find it easier there. And you see it in in the comic <laughs> yeah. book publishing industry and, and other publishing industries and, and too many industries it seems like people are so unwilling to take any sort of chance with anything they just they, yeah. they keep marketing yeah. the product to the same audience that they know will already buy it right and i understand right. that to some which degree, is why my wolverine comic hasn't been hasn't published by Marvel. yeah exactly it doesn't make any sense but it, it just seems it seems like people just kind of covering their asses as opposed to anyone like being yeah, bold well, enough to try and do well, something well and that's one of the advantages to working with you know, still doing, being able to do stuff with Top Shelf. I can do books with them that are a little more risky. Like, you know, what's the market for a black and white, like alternative comic book about mixed martial right, arts? That's right, yeah. not straightforward fighting, but it's not straightforward like humor. You right. know, it's it's a weird it's a weird kind of book that it's a small that, slice but, of the pie. Yeah, but yeah. you know, with a smaller company like Top Shelf, who who you know they they kind of they have a smaller audience maybe but they they know how to to get to that audience and yeah, and who, they're specifically geared um, everything they do to that yeah yeah and, well by the same token so, it's the smaller stores and it's it's a shame yeah. that the the privately owned bookstores are vanishing because that is where innovation happens and and a a store knows its audience and knows hey this is a mystery let's put Queen and Country in the spy section where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Let's put Jeffrey's yeah. stuff in the biography section where it belongs. Yeah, and and you know now in the Barnes and Noble Borders world that we have, thankfully they have a graphic well, novel not, section on the one hand. Much longer. I'm hip either. to that too. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's good that they have a graphic novel section because I think a lot of new readers are coming to the bookstores. No offense, Mark, because this is a great comic yeah. store, and and Mark really does have a good wide variety of indie and, and mainstream. Yeah. Well, but, and the other thing that that you know obviously that that. Like a store, like especially like a store like Dark Tower with Mark has is you know talking with customers is like, yeah. um, and that's that's one of the things like when I worked at Barnes Noble, you know like one of the the things they, I liked doing was you know, finding out what someone was interested in and then, what what knowledge do I have or what books do I know that I can, like recommend or you know, Based it's on that it. it's that one on one kind of interaction that that really makes a difference and. I, I don't know that that it's harder to get that with a bigger chain store where, sure. um, we actually have a uh, an email later in the show which I think illustrates that perfectly. So, have you done any book expos yet? I had like like the Book Expo America. Yeah. No. Okay, because because yeah. that's what I'm wondering as the marketplace gets smaller and we are only dealing with the book equivalent of big box stores. I mean, you know, like the Barnes and Nobles mm-hmm. and places like that. Who are 
the authors then speaking to other i mean i know some of them are re, i know a lot of them do are inclusive to readers themselves but yeah you almost wonder you know well when we're only dealing with a couple stores who are they trying to market to if it's only a couple people and do we need the big tent to to do that you know what i'm well, saying realistically it's almost coming down to the same thing as comics where i mean most bookstores buy from two catalogs you know what i mean and yeah much like yeah. there's just one distributor there's two major distributors of books and more often than not they're ordering from that okay as yeah. opposed to i mean it it you know a lot of it just comes down to to how much work it is and how much how much it costs yeah. you know um yeah. yeah it's 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 tough to find that balance and you know, I like I love going to comic stores. I sometimes I like to go to the, the chain stores too. I mean, sure. it's you know like like to be able to to browse a bigger selection or oh, sure. or a different you know, selection or, or yeah. a different selection. And um, you know, I would hope that there's there's room in the world for for everyone. But um, you know, I don't. I was interested. I, was, I, was reading I don't know. On, in another medium, music. My head which, hurts now. <laughs> you want to lie down for a while. You light on uh, my lamp. That's right. You know, as we all know, the music industry is you know going in the crapper, and and music stores, record stores, oh CD stores are just closing left and right. I mean, yeah. there's just been thousands of. of well, see, but, C- but the ones that, but yeah. yeah, but the ones that are seem to be surviving. Surviving are are more of the smaller boutique kind of stores that mm-hmm. yeah. cater to a specific crowd of people. Yeah, and it's Lori's, you know, it's the Lori's playing into sound right down the street. Yeah, and it's the stores that you know that they know their customers yeah. by name and. You know, like they can deal with you on that one-on-one level, and they can provide that. Like, you know, it's one of the big reasons to not go to a big chain isn't just like because it's a big chain. It's you know, it's like the people that with so many people working there, the chances of getting to know someone working there from shopping there is like service. You know, like you can you can get service, but you know, it's it's just not going to be the same if you like. Go to going this. to the same comic yeah. store every, and you you go there every week, and you see see the same couple people working there, and right. well, they know what you, you like. They yeah. they don't they don't just know what you like. They they know you. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the level, the level of service here diff- is is different difference. on a different level because Mark can tell me to go to hell, and and I can take that. I, and I can take that. How <laughs> he does? Because he knows yeah. you, and he does because he's he's a, a no, friend. Right. Yeah. No, and yeah. I I totally agree, Jeffrey. I know that there were times when I was in like dead end non radio jobs and really just hating life and stuff, and literally would look forward to every Wednesday because yeah. I was like, all right, well at least I know I'm going to see. Some people who know me and, mm-hmm. and like me and everything, and I can feel comfortable. And it's yeah. yeah. So you know, I understand that. Um, speaking of um, speaking of knowing people, um, do you find that doing so much autobiographical work that people have a level of familiarity with you that can be a little odd sometimes? That I mean, you put you, seriously, you put a lot of yourself in these books. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's I don't think weird. I have any stalkers yet. <laughs> That you know about. Um, well, we need to change that. We gotta get. Let's find. They, out. Yeah, well, that's why. That's, that's why I have people. You. Yeah. Well, that's the next contest yeah. on around comics. It's the B Jeffrey Brown <laughs> Stock contest. <laughs> for for a first time copy don't of Funny Machine. Don't joke yeah. about that stuff. Yeah, don't joke, man. No, I mean it's, uh, you know, one of the things I, when I started out, the the way I've always written the autobiographical comics is, I've always kind of writ- written them in the way that I would sit down and tell a friend like, Hey, this, listen to what happened to me today. It's, and it's that kind of level of familiarity that I kind of try to write the stories with. And, um, you know, it's usually reciprocated by, by the audience where, 
where you know if someone reads the book and they get it and then they can share their story with me and I I like I've always thought that that art should be you know it's not it's not just about putting something out there it's it's a interaction be, between you and other people to kind of understand the world better and um so I I mean it's it's a weird at times like what people know and if I you know if I think about it or sometimes I'll tell someone something that was in a book or you know it's like like i have to like yeah i read that story already Don't like, bore me. yeah <laughs> yeah i already exactly. know how you lost your virginity jeffrey <laughs> i know and that's something i try to tell every, like, everyone about right when i meet them it's like, it's good icebreaker ice ice and it's like oh check 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 this out <laughs> whoa too much information okay, sit, sit down for two hours let me tell you something <laughs> well you, you, you know you do we've talked about deadly house we've talked about incredible change bots and, and big heads so that's everything know, well every, everything that, <laughs> well the, the stuff you know you do so. the, you do these you know very very intimate self uh you know autobiographical books but then you you have these really kind of fun wacky books that that are that are great um do you try and uh and, and go back and forth I, I i've never noticed like the the order in which you write stuff but you know was uh, change bots was that in between two uh change bots was kind of right in the middle of little things mm-hmm. so i kind of um I had written most of little things, and I think I had about like a hundred and fifty pages out of three hundred and fifty left to do, or something like that. And but do you feel like you so need, you you need to kind of take a break from yourself and and do kind yeah of crazy and stuff like and just that? kind of switch up the the way of writing things and and um, sometimes it's just good to take a break from a project too and just you know get some distance and. Going back to when I when I was writing Funny Misshapen Body and had that that moment where I you know I've drawn a hundred pages and it's like what do I do and I just basically took two months and just worried about it but you know then was what did I draw actually I don't know if I drew anything for two months but it's that kind of idea like of you know stepping back and and trying to like have some distance from being right like really involved with something and um come back to it with a different perspective or mm-hmm. you know kind of feel a little f- fresh eyes with it do you uh do you um take notes at all or is it all from memory cuz i i always i always uh i always try to do everything from memory um i i think part of what i'm interested in in writing autobiography is the idea that that how we remember things is different from from what really happened. So, sure. so everything I'm writing about is is what really happened, but only in as much as I remember it. And mm-hmm. other people are obviously going to have different perspectives and different, remember different things. And sometimes my friends will tell me, you know, something else that goes with the story that I've written about that I had forgotten. And um, but I I think I, I have the the idea that. If I'm remembering something, it's I'm remembering it for a reason, and it's it's important. Some it's somehow meaningful. That, that truth is more important than what, yeah. whether or not it happened exactly. What right. was the, the follow way. up to Clumsy? The uh, the the kind of uh, the other spin on the it. Be a man. Yes, be a man. Yeah, and that's kind of how I imagine that the well, this is the the other reality of how you remember this in a in a you know in, yeah. in a macho kind of. <laughs> 
you know, yeah. way, which is it's, it's funny. To, if this is how have... I would tell a girl. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. This is how it really happened. Uh, yeah, read, read the, and that's a, that's a great way to get uh, um, uh, to get acquainted with your, your autobiographical stuff is to read Clumsy and then read Be a Man because yeah. it's, it's kind of the same story, but, you know, from kind of two different voices, which yeah, is, is yeah. a lot of and fun. I think it's a, it's also part of, you know, and the other thing about even even the books like Big Head that are funny, I think they are very much informed by my personality and who I am. And sure. Even though those, those stories aren't autobiographical in the same way that I think to get a sense of who I am, like it, just reading the autobiographical books doesn't necessarily give you the whole picture. And then reading the books like Be a Man and the other things show that other side that, that doesn't always come through in, in a book like Clumsy or... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's so hard uh, for me personally to, to even keep up with a lot of the mainstream books, to keep up with my Green Lantern and, and Superman and that kind of stuff, um, much less really keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the alternative and, and independent comics scene. Uh, what stuff is out there right now? You were just at Staple. Um, what what kind of stuff is going on out there that's exciting you as, as a fan <laughs> of of uh, alternative and small press stuff. Um, Not geez. to put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, I was going to ask, are you, are you, do, you read a lot of, do you read any, I mean, a lot of indie stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, okay. read, I read pretty much, uh, it's kind of the cop-out answer I always give out, but like 90% of, of what Fanographics Top Shelf and Drawn and Quarterly mm-hmm. put out, I'll, I'll read. Um, okay. Like just thinking off the top of my head, like the this book, Baloney, which is maybe less... Um, I don't, it's not necessarily pure comics, but that was a book that came out from John and Quarterly that I really enjoyed. It was like something different. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know his his other book was White Rapids. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, like, but that's books, okay. Well, that's why we're asking. That's, that's, that's why you're asking yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because we don't know that. Yeah, any, and that and, much of that stuff. Um, because yeah, we were talking earlier about uh, off mic, we were talking about uh, skyscrapers in the Midwest. Skyscrapers which, of the Midwest, love it. Which um, is, is one that uh, I think uh, flew under the radar of a lot of people, but then it became a Publishers Weekly top graphic novel yeah. of 2008. You know, and that's, yeah, and that's or, a fellow Chicagoan, uh, Josh Cotter, right? Yeah, yeah. And and or speaking of of books, maybe crossing that mainstream indie divide is like Jeff Lemire, who who did the Essex County trilogy, has a book. Um, called Nobody. the Nobody yeah. coming out from yep. Vertigo, and Matt Kent, who has done Super Spy, Big and fan. Pistol Whip, um, has a, a book. What? Oh no, kidding! What's, New book? D- does anyone know the title? It's about a no. Giant, I love Matt stuff I'm, too. I, I'm blanking on the the title, but it's a it's a about a giant, like a guy who has like a. He just keeps growing. A growth so spurt. Like a giant. <laughs> but I saw it and I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, so, oh, that's well, awesome. That's, which actually, um, well, I mean, those are those yeah, three guys, so, uh, Jeffrey and, and Matt Jeff, Kent yeah. and Jeff Lemire will all be at the Windy City show. This <laughs> so it's very much arranged for that's me. That's right. To, Matt's, uh, Matt's a St. Louis Bring one. this up. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about yeah. that. He's coming up with uh, Chris Somney and... Uh, Is Brian Hurt coming with him? And Brian Hurt and very Colin nice. Bunn. Very yep. nice. Yep. So Excellent. That that St. Louis crew coming up. But yeah, I love Matt's work. If you're if you're an espionage fan... Uh, super super, yeah. super spies, and fact, fantastic. and he also has another super spy like collection, like coming. like extra stories that oh, weren't cool. in the the book coming. I think next year. So. It is oh, a wow, beautiful. Yeah, book. speaking it of really is. speaking yeah. of okay, this is this is what I'm in the middle of reading right now. Supernatural, 
That's Matt's new book. Mm, Matt, that's no, that's that's a, that's a later. It's before. Oh, it's before Nation. that. I'll find it. Keep, Fail. Keep, keep googling. <laughs> um, no, the book I'm reading right now is actually not a, a comic at all, but it's published by Top Shelf. It's a book called Veeps. Hmm. Have not heard of it. It's just Shame profiles of every vice president. Oh, I, I've seen that. And, and yeah, who who drew? Because um, I you know I'm I'm gonna be honest and say I don't know the names of okay. the writer and artist. Um, but I love it. The it's, history of the other yeah, vice it's, president. You know, so. it's like a I. Sounds like I my picked, dad would like. I, I picked it up because it's you know I'm at the top shelf booth and I'm like okay like the, this is all the new top shelf stuff I'll check it all out and you know didn't didn't start reading it till a few, couple weeks ago, it, which like I'm like sixty pages in so you can tell my reading time is <laughs> not great but I love it it's really funny and informative and not at all like what I would have expected like going into it thinking like I'm going to read this book about vice presidents it's um can't recommend it enough nice I'll, like, have to, I'll have to check that out actually I've got to put it in an in-stock order a, and, and top yeah it's you know it's it's there. you know so it's prose but there's mm-hmm. some some Illustrate illustrations it. and there's portraits of, of each vice president and um I feel like I'm learning a lot but you know each vice president's profile is only a few pages long and it's it's amazing how much information and it's just really funny I don't know and, if I uh, need to know that much about Dan Quayle uh, yeah, but Alvin Barkley's certainly an interesting read, and, and you know some of these guys. And there was, I know there was one vice president, and I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. but he wrote the the music to a song from the that became a huge hit in the fifties called "It's All in the Game," and huh. it's like, well, the guy who wrote the melody was the vice president back in nineteen twelve, well, and he cool. was McKinley's vice president. It's like, who the fuck knew that? Yeah, well, they'll probably have <laughs> you, know? you know some you know VPs that became presidents that will be. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know those, and certainly you remember the ones of your generation. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, actually, yeah, there are a bunch of yeah, who, people that who, were a heartbeat who, away. Yeah, that, who yeah. was Taft's VP? Right. Yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of yeah. Fillmore's. You know, yeah, absolutely. Very well, cool. even even some of Roosevelt's guys. And just some of the weird stuff that was going on with, like, you know, the various people before Truman that were Roosevelt's vice presidents and stuff. Hmm. So, yeah. Cool stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. The crowd howls for blood as two damaged warriors sacrifice flesh and bone in a perverse test of wills. From Funimation, it's Shigori Death Frenzy. Two legendary samurai share a long and violent past. Bitter rivals from the moment they locked eyes, these warriors inflicted wounds on each other that would have destroyed lesser men. As the final chapter of their saga unfolds, they must summon the strength for one last battle. A battle only one shall survive. Take home the Blu-ray and DVD on March 31st. That's Shigori Death Frenzy. The beauty is in the kill. Visit Funimation.com slash Shigori, that's S-H-I-G-U-R-U-I, for more details. Well, Jeffrey, thank you for uh, for dropping by. I'm not I'm not pushing of you off here, but uh, uh, we'll probably uh, probably start wrapping some some stuff up here. Uh, we do have we do have some emails though, right? 
Yeah. Um, if if you're looking for Matt, Matt yeah, book. I still can't find it. I have no idea what Matt. Is. Sorry, <laughs> Matt. Matt, Matt sorry. email. I, us. I apologize. Uh, Everybody, sorry. email Matt. Ask him about it. Yeah, he's, him. I just think he's doing a horrible job marketing his new book. And <laughs> I can't I find anything. I don't think on. it's actually done. So okay, oh, that's why. There you go. So, if uh, you if you would like to uh, uh, email the show, you can certainly do so by uh, sending your email to info at aroundcomics.com. Please put listener feedback in that subject line. Helps us keep them uh, keep them all organized. You can also uh, leave a message on our voicemail at 1-888-997-5903. Sal, emails. Uh, yes. We have yes. Uh, a return email here. Tyler Banks, he emailed us last episode. I uh, said, in regards to your previous episode, episode 223, uh, which is a few back, but uh, I thought I would I'll comment on the Kindle as well. Another Kindle uh, part of the Kindle discussion. As a big reader myself, I have to think that the publishing companies have nothing to fear. For one, the price of the Kindle does make it prohibitive. The fact is that tech is becoming obsolete in under a year or so. If that happens with most video game platforms, uh, if what happens with most video game platforms takes place with the Kindle, you're going to have a wasted dollar when another platform that is more efficient comes out in a year or so. Um. Yeah, I kind of think the Kindle, even though we're on volume it, two it, of the Kindle now, it's it is still a first step step technology. I, I, well, I still see I still see a lot of generation one iPods. Out it's there, not it's not a know. first. Well, first off, it's not really first step because their e readers have been around for a long time. True, it's that's just true. the first one that was, was more like widely, paper. Yeah, <laughs> I guess and widely widely marketed. Um, I saw a few on the plane coming back from San Francisco. That was. I mean, very the thing exciting. with the Kindle is, unless you come out with a color one, there's you know, if they come out with a Kindle three. It's not going to really make my Kindle obsolete. I still can read. Oh, books. I understand. You know that. what I mean? So oh, sure. I mean, that's kind of thing. No, I agree with that, and I I still. But think... technology moves so quickly. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the lasting life of a Kindle is. But uh, is can you um, get new software for the Kindle? I mean, are there other innovations beyond it being a reader in terms of? Um, I would imagine you'd be able to update the firmware. I, okay. I, I don't. I don't honestly know. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously, we're I mean, there's a the built, you know, there's some built-in stuff in it that they're sort of beta testing on them. That's on there; you can use it. So, okay. I would imagine if they come up with up, you know, uh, you know, updates, they would release them, that kind of stuff. I, I just think eventually, you know, the iTouch and the iPhone and the Kindle are going to meet at some juncture. And, and truly, <laughs> a- Apple, I mean, and you're uh, a- Apple made some noise this past week. So, yeah, yeah but it's but exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that. Reading a book on a Kindle and reading it on an iPhone or, a, you know, on one of these, you know, even if it's a 10-inch iPhone, which is the rumor now, is a completely different experience. Absolutely. But uh, he goes on to say, also, as a fan of paperback novels, I have to say that there is something that the Kindle does not give you, and that is a feeling of experience with a classic He paperback. likes the smell of old books. Bending the pages back <laughs> and getting comfortable, uh, and the fact that a classic book is a hell of a lot more durable than a Kindle makes me think that the publishers have nothing to fear. There are always going to be diehards. Yeah, I, I, yeah there'll I always agree. be paper books out yeah. there. Although, I love the fact that I don't have to bend a novel back and try and hold it with one hand as I'm reading. You know? Well, I'm waiting for that Kindle that opens up like a book and has, like, two screens and almost does feel more like a I'm reading pages kind of And experience. it folds out like I mean, a Transformer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Or, or, an, or, 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 or an incredible change bot. Well, yeah. that's, Either I figure or. that's where you're going, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he goes on to say, I have my personal favorite authors, but when I go to the bookstore and I peruse the shelves... That is how I find some of my new favorites. In the end, the book has survived thousands of years, uh, where are there, whereas there has not been a single technological platform that has remained the same. Tech from five years ago is now considered obsolete, just some food for thought. I think the TV has done okay. 
TV's lasted. Radio has been around. Yeah. Uh, but the ability to condense your library into a single venue is attractive. Sure I is. might look more into this, but again, I am still looking for some durance out of the venue. Well, it's not like you, it's, you know. I, I, the only thing I'd say in, in response to books is I always do like reading something old that is being published with a nice leather, you know, binding sure, sure. And, and, and cover. And, and even I just bought uh, an old uh, Donald Westlake uh, book while I was in San Francisco. I went mm-hmm. to City Lights, awesome bookstore incredible bookstore and you know just like the uh, penguin james or not penguin i forget who just re-released the ian fleming james bond books but they are really kind of just nice Mm -hmm. beautifully formatted uh, yeah yeah the trade dress on it's nice yes but but i I think that i think the uh, thing for a lot of people i'm not going to get rid of my leather bound edition of moby dick that's going to stay on my bookshelf you don't have a leather bound i do have a leather bound (laughs) edition of moby dick thank you very much but sure i have Call me Ishmael. Um, hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That was, yeah, so you read the first seven years ago. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> but, you know, but the uh, uh, latest Dennis I'm gonna uh, uh, Lahaney novel. Sure. I, I may, I'm not, I don't need to keep that, that yeah, math exactly. paper I have, yeah. on, I have on a, all on sorts of old books that I have. I have boxes know, and, and, of and old books that yeah, I have. Hardcover editions and stuff that I'm not going to get I think rid, that would be of, but. the thing for me is that the idea of, like, the Kindle is, like, seems like it would be really great for... Um, cheap, easy way to to read books that like I wouldn't want to own. That like I'd like to just read, read them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't need to. You know, I don't need, need to have to shelf space yeah, and yeah. like Cherish it. and like those books I can buy the print editions. I don't know. Or at the same time, for me, it's like I you know there's a lot of older books that you can get really cheaper for free that I already own. You know, a paperback or a hardcover of, but I may not necessarily sit down and read the whole book again but there may be passages from it there may be parts of it that are, or just as a reference piece of going you know it's like i have the three musketeers on my kindle i, I may never That's sit cool. down and read it on on there you know but but it's, it's my that, favorite book yeah, but you can and pick I it up and want, read you know, a chapter if you yeah want. if i want yeah. to you know i mean and and so yeah i mean i'm i, I have books that i'll never get rid of that sure. you know hard covers and stuff like that but um but yeah for like you know the 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 next you know yeah, well, Whatever, you know, and, and to bring it back, that book, well, I don't need a copy of it. Yeah, and to bring it back to comics, it's like I, there will be a day where you know I, I believe that there'll be a portable comic book reader, and that'll be your monthly comics. But I'll still, I'll still buy. You know, if the, if they come out yeah. with an absolute edition of well, anything that Alan Moore's done, I'm gonna buy that. Well, or just you know? just look at the the black dossier with like the the yeah. funny little inserts. Sure. You know, like that stuff that just can't be replicated right. in. Uh, Mm-hmm. Did they put the glasses. flexo disc in the uh, forty-five? Uh, in the, uh... the, the, the we were looking at the paperback no. and it and it had you know three D glasses. It had the three D glasses yeah. and the little the, the disc didn't use the record. They were supposed record. to put the record and in they the still absolute have and they didn't 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 make, didn't make the absolute. Damn you, Alan Moore. Yes, T. That's not really absolute, then, is it? No, I would say no. No, it was and it was a hundred bucks. So I got issues with that. No, was it? It was seventy-five. Hundred dollars. When's speaking of top shelf? When's the next? Uh, April, no, 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 April no. April sounds right. April, April for the first one. April? Yes. Really? Yeah. Was it yes. in previews? Uh, yeah, I believe that the, Holy the yeah, first, the first, uh, it was, yeah, it's the first uh, 96 page. League, League, yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, 1910? 1906. Something like that. No, 1910? I guess it's 1910. Something like that. Something like that. I just yeah, know yeah. that it's, uh, yeah, it's going to yeah. be the 396 page. Uh, right, right. Yeah. I'll wait for awesome. the collection. Oh, I'll buy the Although that's what, like, that. that's, like, I have all of the, uh, it was a hundred bucks. Yeah, I didn't pay a hundred bucks. Um, I have like uh, that's 
like a series. I have all the issues, like the original Lord League of oh, yeah, Gentlemen issues and everything, and I have the absolutes. And, Do you really? Yeah. That's funny. We were just talking about So now that. I'm sitting there going, well, will I buy, should I buy those? I don't know why I would, but I think I'm going to wait that, for like the, you know, the second uh, All Star Superman hardcover came out. And I yeah, said, I bought you know that. What? I'm going to wait, wait for, for the absolute. Yeah, it's good. I bought both the hardcovers. I'll probably buy the absolute. And then try and eBay my hardcovers. For you know, and that that really does, you know, broil my, yeah, 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 my cheese, yeah. if you will. When <laughs> I, when, when, you know, for whatever, frost my ass. When they do that, when they split a story into two hardcover volumes, it's like, yeah, fuck you, man. I'm buying a goddamn hardcover. Give me the whole goddamn story. <laughs> Marvel, needs, Mar- Marvel needs more to be much more uh, judicious as to what they decide to put out in hardcovers. Well, and I think they've gone a little hardcover crazy of late. Well, but I also hear the argument that that's for libraries. And that libraries yeah. prefer hardcovers. Yeah. the hardcover the thing. I don't know. That, the Omega of the binder. Unknown hardcover. The Jonathan oh, Lethem. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, no, I yeah. think, yeah. You don't you know, have to buy about that kind of random. No, I, I, I'm not buying <laughs> The random, like, Fantastic <laughs> Four arc that maybe not isn't as good, you know. Like, what I... Sometimes with Marvel, it's like the hardcover is almost, you know, it's like ex- like the same cover design. You know, it's like the only difference is like that it's this a hard one's cover. hard. Yeah, and this, yeah. You know, it's like what's what's the what's the point of even having that difference? You mm-hmm. know, like the book yeah. as an object is is virtually identical. You know, I don't know. Well, I, would, I mean, the library binding makes sense because the libraries want yeah, yeah. durability, and then they just issue at comic shops, and anybody that'll buy it can have it. But, sure. Um, I don't know. Next email. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, guys. First of all, love the show. Have been listening for some time now. Great stuff. Anyways, I have got into the world of comics over the last two to three years and have over the last year managed to get into Marvel continuity with Civil War. However, when asking at my local comic shop where I should find a similar jumping in point for DC, I got nothing but bemused faces. Having heard you guys discuss it, uh, discuss it, uh, having heard you guys discuss if it is hard for a new reader Jesus oh, I can't read to get into DC or this email uh, yeah I would have to say yes it really is I have read some standalone DC stuff also All-Star Superman Kevin Smith's recent Batman miniseries and the Brainiac arc of action however everything else seems to require me to know a hell of a lot of backstory about characters I haven't heard of sorry Tom well, he's not here, so screw mm-hmm. him. Uh, if there uh, is there any sort of place I can jump on, I hear they might be resetting the universe after the most recent <laughs> crisis. <laughs> Thanks again for all the great podcast, guys. Chris Slight. Um, first of all, I, I, I emailed Chris back because I wanted to get clarification on this, um, and if that really was the reaction of the comic shop the people that worked at the comic shop whenever he asked him that and, and he said it was uh and i won't name what what comic shop it was you just want to know what comic shop it was I, <laughs> if well, i fine. if i if i said what comic shop it was you would know you it, it would it would ring a bell with a lot of people okay but um if you are going to a comic shop and you ask them a really complex question like what kind of books from the second largest comic book publisher uh, in the world um, should I be reading and they can't give you an answer, uh, might be time to look for a different comic shop. Wow. That's, a, that's about as basic a freaking question as you can ask someone. Well, what's what, your answer? Uh, first of all, I would I would come back at them with a question of what kind of comics do you like or what kind of movies That's, do you like? That has well, nothing no, to do with the question. The question is, is where, do you, where, do I get it, where do I jump in on DC Comics? What's your answer, Mr. Bright Guy? If you like sci-fi, 
Green Lantern. No, Rebirth. I want to know the continuity no, con- of DC con- Comics. The DC Universe in general. Where do you start? Where do I, I start? Think I have an answer to the question. But Identity Crisis. Squirm for a while. Identity Crisis. That's a ways back. Yeah, I would honestly say uh, right now to go to the monthlies because that's exactly what's going on right now is a soft reboot, and you're getting in the back of all these issues that have come out in the last two months, those eight-page kind of primers of this is why this character is important, here's a little bit of his backstory, and here's a tease of the direction that we're going in. You're seeing it in all the Superman books. You're seeing it uh, Batman right now with the Battle for the Cow is certainly a nice place mm-hmm. to jump on. Um and, you know, I, I would say that for, but but again, in all the individual monthlies, it's not just Superman continuity and Batman continuity. They're doing it up and down the line. And again, under the umbrella of what's coming in Blackest Night. So that's why I do think that, like, really, this is a good time to kind of jump into the monthlies of DC. It's I as good go as any time. It's because I think there has been, since Infinite Crisis, a, a huge mishmash of uh, continuity. I think I think continuity is, like, one of the biggest problems with (laughs) mainstream comics ever and they are slaves you know it's just like that was one of the interesting things for me like um you know being back into marvel back in the you know early up through the early 90s and then coming back and starting to to read stuff you know in the last five six years or whatever and realizing like like everything just became more and more convoluted and continue and you know where where it used to be that characters might show up in each other's books mm-hmm. like kind of cross paths kind of like they do like, an image now now it's like kind of cool. their yeah. entire lives are intertwined like so completely and it's just it's all know. one big story yeah to to a fault well yeah. and and you and that's what killed my interest in comics as well in the 90s was it, you know the never ending event and the never ending like big mm-hmm. story and the the one saving grace i would say is that it seems to me Certainly more on the Marvel side recently, they have figured out how to have their cake and eat it too when it comes to events because each individual book, you see a a direct reason why that book exists tying into the big bad and the big bad being Norman Osborn right now in Dark Reign. Mm -hmm. Everyone is coming in, every individual book and hero and, and team has a different reason why this affects them and it doesn't matter what's happening in the other books. And I think Daniel Way's Deadpool was an excellent example of that, mm-hmm. where Deadpool was very much his own... The hero, I keep saying this, and I'm sure people are sick of me saying it. He was the hero of Secret Invasion in his book. And it was totally this great Deadpool yeah. story, and the way that it ended was brilliant. And I, and I really think, again, if you really want to read a cool individual book, it doesn't matter. You, you have the general idea of the Skrull invasion, but you're getting a wonderful Daredevil or sure. a, a Deadpool uh, adventure. Uh, uh, Black Panther what was the same, same way. thing. Uh, same thing. But but back Agents on the Agents of Atlas right now and sure. Dark Rain and everything. Sure. That, oh, th- th- Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is great. Yep. Uh, but back on the DC side, uh, right now Green Lantern is great. Jump in yeah. with Green Lantern Rebirth. Um, Superman. The Superman family books are better than they've ever been since think, I've been reading. And, them. and I think right now is a good time because they're about to reboot the origin mm-hmm. and also the whole uh, crypt, new Krypton story is still very interesting. Yep. And because now it's going to be the fun part of him mm-hmm. on New Krypton. And you know what? It's easy to follow because. Because they're all numbered, so yep. you can go back and, That's and true. so. Yeah, I certainly, I mean, he, you know, he mentioned, you know, Civil War is what got him back and mm-hmm. understood sort of Mar- Marvel's continuity, or at least it gave the, him the company wide, yeah. yeah, the company wide continuity. Unfortunately, at DC, there really isn't. I mean. Uh, Final Crisis? I mean, Jesus no, Christ, you'll be, yeah, you'll forget it. There's no, crisis, there's no, there's no one stuff. book that I think you could say, here, jump on this, and you're going to kind of get a handle on what's going on in, in the in the DC universe. Is that, Maybe, a, is that a problem? 
I'm, is that, not, I'm not is saying that wrong? it's a problem. I'm saying it, it's, it's a, a problem for this question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's asking the question, so I'm I'm answering that question. Is it wrong as a publisher for DC Comics to do that? I don't know. I, I do think that DC, while I like a lot of the comics they're writing, I think a lot of it is not very uh, accessible, new reader friendly. I mean, it yeah. is very much steeped in continuity. It's steeped in history. It's it. You know, you're constantly referring back. To, and while I personally enjoy it, it mm-hmm. is not very easy necessarily for a, a reader to jump into the DC world. I mean, comic fans, you know, as a, as a, you know, as a group, sort of aren't necessarily happy of going. Well, I'm just going to read this one title and not understand how any of it ties into the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read DC comics, and, and maybe I'll only read Superman and Batman and Green Lantern, but I want to know how DC as a universe, universe. is working. And there's not really at this, you know, right now, there's not a book out there that exists for you to sort of get a handle on where the DC Universe and, is. And, and normally that mm. book would be something like JLA. J, right, JLA, JSA. And I was going to say, those are probably the closest well, to it. But I think, like, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, for for those books, you know, they are pretty self-contained. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really involve anything else. So you could certainly jump in. And get an idea of anything you know space related, kind of in DC, because that's really all that's going on. Well, much like unfortunately, Infinite Crisis, the outcome of Final Crisis is the the universe is trying to you know establish a new direction right now, and that's what why. That is, do, who knows? Well, yeah, but but knows, it's but. but it is it's just kind of hatching now, and that's why there is no clear single book. And I mean, I, I would say that like you you were saying about Justice League and Justice Society, once this Black Adam story finishes up and Jeff Johns finishes his run. There is a new jumping on point when mm-hmm. uh, Willingham and Sturgis come yeah. out Justice Society. I mean, GLA's I would just read, go through the same problem. I would just you know. read titles you like and don't worry. Yeah. I mean, you'll get the hang of it. You'll figure yeah, it out. They, they're not. They're not. It's not James said, yeah. Joyce. You'll figure it out. You know? But that's but that's <laughs> what Jeffrey not... said, and I agree with him. Yeah, it's it is a shame the continuity is the pain yeah. in the ass. It is because well, All Star Superman is I mean, great. I I think example. just for for me as a reader, you know, I I don't I don't care how the universe. Right. Works. Like I don't care right. how it. Like I don't. You don't need to know every detail of the and, universe and to I guess enjoy for, a specific. Yeah, and book. I guess for me, like, like reading some of the DC stuff, and I, you know, I, I don't read as much DC for sure. But you know, when st- something like that comes up, it's just like I just kind of like, you know, it's like okay, there's obviously a backstory here. There's obviously you like, don't need it to necessarily. It's yeah. like, but that the mentality for whatever reason, yeah. especially for older comic books, I, I have to know every detail. I have to know you know yeah. the last twenty five years of what's been going on in order to read what's happening now. And you don't. You don't really. You you may you if know, it's well written. If you, you want to know that yeah. stuff, go on Wikipedia. Well, and also if, uh, if that's what, yeah, you I know think what I mean? think that's a that Chris's point is is I think well that's what bothers me is like is is when it's it's fine to have that that continuity, but when when a, you're reading a book that yeah. that depends on that continuity and that you can't you know that becomes the story conf- doesn't make sense confusing without, without it, it yeah, or yeah. yeah that's that's when it's a problem well we all kiss his ass and there's a reason why jeff johns is as great as he is at dc because he succinctly will say oh there's bizarro and in two sentences, we'll give you the backstory of all you need about Bizarro, and you're up to speed. Yeah, John's and he does, does a great that with, job. with every little nuanced bit of DC Universe facts that fit into his story. And I think that's what makes him a great writer. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's there's Sinestro. Well, why do I why should I care about Sinestro? Well, here's a quick page to explain it. 
and I, and I think he is a master at it. I wish there were more writers that well, could do that. I, I think, and I think they're learning. I think slowly. I think four four of the guys that are very good at that are all working in the Superman family books, and that's that's Jeff Johns, James Sterling Robinson, Gates, Rucka. James, Rucka, yeah, and 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 and, and Rucka. Yeah. So you got those four guys that are very good at that, and I think that's why the Superman books are this this last issue of Action and the Excellent and the and the, the new. Uh, uh, the new Krypton, yep. world of new Krypton was great. And they're really just like, yep, this is the history of Krypton. This is why this is interesting. Go. Yeah. But yeah, I would say, yeah, jump, read the new Krypton stuff that came out, the yeah. action mm-hmm. in Superman, because that'll give you an absolutely great idea of what's going on with Superman and where it's going forward, for at least for the foreseeable future. And and by the way, I didn't mind Battle for the Cow. I, I, I mean, enjoyed I, it. I, I thought that no, first No, I issue, thought it was I was just going to say, was... if, you, if you're interested in Batman, read Battle of the Cow, ignore everything that's gone on for the last year before that sure uh, pretty much you can you know you can. And, yeah you all, don't all, need to know any all of you it. need I mean, to know going into that is that batman is gone yeah and, and yeah and these are the new players that are trying to fill the void which and, you know for people that are looking for batman books that's brilliant tony daniel uh drew his ass off on that book i oh. i thought the art on it was fantastic and you know i loved I, it. I, loved I have it. to say that when it comes to mainstream books i i never really thought of this before but as i read them and stuff the art really does carry a mainstream book in a lot of cases. And a lot of times, decent writing can be forgiven or just so-so writing can be forgiven in mm-hmm. a well-drawn book. And I think that the challenge is when, when a book is not well-drawn, then the writer is really kind of out sure. there and it better be a cool story. Or else See, I'm the other way around. Like, I can read a good story with bad art. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a bad story with cool art, I don't care. If it, I mean, it's like I can look through it, but I don't. I'm not going to read the story if it's bad. Interesting. Even if, yeah, the, I mean, if the art is great, I. But I can read a, a good story with subpar art, as opposed to the other way. And, and, and I think I uh, think yeah. the, the the opinions yeah. on art um, sometimes you need oh, to clarify that it, it's it's not a matter of of how well it, it was drafted. You know what quality of oh, draftsman no, it's, it's it is. It, it's storytelling. It's, yeah. it's how it's how well they they tell a story with that. Well, there's just some piss poor artists out there too. And well, there are but, some... <laughs> well, and that's a, well, that's the thing though. Oh, You're sure, right. Sure. That's part of what makes the art great is yeah. good storytelling. Yeah. But uh, what was that? What was the the good book? I, I'll never forget it. Uh, it was the uh, the book that you had as the top of the stack. Got had to be two and a half years ago. Of it was basically a stick figure book. It was a, a pirate Bob. Or... Oh yeah. Um, geez, what was the name of that? Uh... But that that was an example of literally a a book of stick figures. But the storytelling in it was fantastic. Was fantastic. Yeah, it was so it's so you don't have to be you know uh, oh, the, no, the, the greatest draftsman. Well, yeah. you know, are you a Larry Martyr fan? Tales of the Beanworld. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I heard God, that come up. I was going to say you and Vince need to. He's got that, that up on Eleven O'clock Comics, and it made me laugh. He's got the big collection yes. coming out. Yeah, exactly. no, I've been challenged yeah, to read yeah, it. Yeah, poor Chris was schooled by, uh, by Vince on 11 o'clock comics. That, wow. Uh, schooled I have, by I have, a, well, I a maniac I understand. Exactly. Bean World is well, the second Bean greatest World, comic ever. No, but it's, you know, yeah, and it's... it's <laughs> no, Vince, Vince, I think it was Watchmen, Dark Knight, and Bean, Bean, Bean World. Yeah, I understand. Oh, well, okay. And I, and, <laughs> okay, you yeah, lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk off the air. I understand. I kind of understood what he was saying, but yeah, he kind of yeah. love you, Vince. But yeah, that's sorry. yeah, that that's Vince. Maybe shake my fist at the bot, uh, iPod once again. Hey, yeah, as, that's as what that's they do. That's the eleven that's o'clock. That's what they do right, best. You... We're well intentioned. All right, well I got another email. Yeah. Okay, okay, one one more. last email, oh, and we'll wrap my, things up here. Before my laptop dies. Good day, there, men of iFanboy around comics and eleven o'clock comics. This is a multi podcast. Ah, we have we have been carbon copied on this email. I write to you, an avid listener of all three. I won't say who my favorite is, and I have an idea for you that I hope you will consider. This idea has been kicking around uh, me head 
in various it's incarnations. From a isn't it? <laughs> it's in my head. It's in my head. It's in my head. Uh, for a <laughs> while now, but with the release of Watchmen and continued promises of I'll have a better idea after I watch it a second time, I was wondering, would you consider getting together either over Skype or whatever and discussing it? Chris was ho-hum about it. The iFan trio were happier, and Vince loved it. From a wider perspective, I often wish that you would all do once a month or whatever. Do the you would all do once a month or whatever, because you often all have varying opinions on the state of comics or which comic was awesome or bad. And I would love, in hindsight, to hear those on opposing ends of the scale go at it. Uh, okay, that's it for me. I love the shows, and I hope you all uh, do too. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Joshua S. Hill. Uh, P.S. But as for me and my family, we. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It, wasn't a it sounds like it sounds like Joshua wants a a, a uh, yes. comics podcast uh, crossover. So, but the thing is, then you would have to keep up with continuity throughout all yeah. of the podcasts. <laughs> it, I mean, we're, we're it sounds like it would there would be have to be a like, podcast crisis at it, some point. It would probably be. It probably sounds a lot better in theory, theory. than it would work physically, I, just because you'd have you'd have like eight or nine guys sitting around all trying to talk at once. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of it like our pan, it's kind of like our podcast panels when there are too many shows represented, and it's just like. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would love to uh, uh, pick a topic at some point and have Connor from my fanboy and you and uh, and uh, well, would. Well, that's what know? I think would yeah. be more oh, interesting. And, and to be honest, um, and you guys are due because I, with the with the podcast companion book coming out in May, um, I've I'm like I've always kind of held off on having other podcasts on on Word Balloon mm-hmm. just because it's always been a creator show. Sure. And and I uh, we and don't I, want to be on your stinking show. That's it. No, 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 I, no, I, no. You guys will be on. But no, I had a nice talk with the iFanboy guys, and that's what I was saying. I don't think more than like I don't know how the hell the geeks do it. Quite frankly, with with five people. But uh, no, honestly, I, I think you're right. I think it is too many cooks. Uh, you know, the 24 hour cast worked well. Yeah. Well, you had a lot of people come in and out, and and yeah. there was generally only three or four people talking at a time. Mm-hmm. True. Or conscious at a yeah. time, so <laughs> or playing um, trivia. No, I, I for think it geeks. would be kind of cool. I mean, um, you know, because yeah. you know, yeah. I think an all star thing would be fun. Well, or it would be like Connor, you know, and you and and like Vince. And, maybe you know, maybe or, we can try and do something for that around the Windy City Con because I think sure. that some of the CGS guys are coming in. I think Peter is coming in. Oh, great! And I, I believe that Ron is going to make it. Uh, Excellent. In he this was year. in last year. So yeah. That's so. Nice. Uh, Maybe I think we'll do a... Woods Woods coming in, um, so yeah. We, but we'll have to fight first, and then oh, realize yes. that we're all uh, on the same side, and then make up and, and go fight crime. Well, because I remember, I remember <laughs> in 06 or 07, Peter and I were like sat down, Peter Rios and I, and mm-hmm. it's like, all right, so come on, what do you like? And I'm like, it's like when you, we were asking you about indies, Jeff. It's like, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, yeah. it's the thing. It's like I don't know. So I mean, I guess we would need like a, a good subject to kind of mm-hmm. get us fired up. Yeah. Yeah, I could yell at anybody about any subject. Doesn't matter. I'm so proud of you. I'm so like thrilled to be ready to argue at a drop of a hat with you. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. John. I'm all for it. I'm all for be it. Careful. I'll big time your ass again, like I did. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> in the, in the oh, I'm dying. I read, they, last week Eric uh, brought in the uh, the, around, mm-hmm. the around comic section of the podcast book, and I was just thumbing through it. I'm like, oh, they're talking about me, and it's like, yeah. Well, we first tried to contact John. He kind of big timed us through an email, and I'm like, I did, and I felt so bad. I'm like. 
What the fuck you am totally I that did. I'm big time? You somebody. totally did. I'm sorry, man. Right, Chris? He did, didn't he? Yeah. He I did. hugged Sal and, and, uh, as an apology. Obviously, he hasn't accepted it. I did. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's, he's like, no, once we got to know you. I, yeah. I, well, it's, I felt yeah. Like an I, hey, yeah. I've, Too late. I've probably done the, the same thing to other people for absolutely no reason. But, but uh, yeah. no, you, know, we like you didn't our, know us. We like our podcasting friends. Absolutely. And our comic book creator friends. Absolutely. You listen to any podcast, Jeffrey? Um. Not regularly. Yeah. I mean, not not even, right. not even comic Me book. Or, I mean, yeah, no, you're not hurting anybody. No, no, no just podcasts in general. <laughs> as, as a okay. No, that's um. What do you listen to when you draw, or do you listen to anything? Um, I usually have something going on video that I've seen before, and listen as, to the. And sure. Scotty does that, and then yeah, he listens to more music. Yeah. Like yeah. like how, like Lord of the Rings is one that like is a good one. Sure. You know, just something that I can kind of tune out like anything that that i would actually like be listening to like i don't even listen to like npr anymore when i'm drawing because it'll you know, take stuff you that i the... used to listen to like mm-hmm. just like because then i get distracted sure. and all of a sudden i find i'm sitting there yeah and and the other thing that's been hard is like now i, I don't ride the train anywhere so like listening to podcasts is like once in a while it's a commuter sure. I, I don't listen to actually most either. recently i i like downloaded all this like learning Spanish podcast. I'm like, I'm gonna, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna refresh my Spanish. Hey, there's yeah, a reason why they're like listened to the top once. of the uh, <laughs> lips in, uh, Heck yeah. you know, yeah, things. All the all the language podcasts French, do Spanish. incredibly well. Yeah, absolutely. Japanese, French, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hilarious. So. I don't have much time to listen to podcasts. I just because I only have like a 20 minute drive to work. Yeah, 20 minutes home. Yeah, I was I was two or three. I try and keep Me up too. with 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 John's uh, interviews and. You know, trying to listen to the iFanboy guys, and uh, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to, it's hard to keep up with a lot of them. So yeah, yeah. it's I just I've been trying more at work a little bit mm-hmm. here and there, but and occasionally I want to you know uh, put something else inside my head besides comic books and comic book uh, stuff. Well, we occasionally just, I want to you know I'm we looking were discussing for discussing on Twitter. Oh. all the all the other non comic book podcasts that we all yeah enjoy. I love I like Radio the Adam, Lab, the Adam Carolla show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't funny. that cool? Yeah, good, good for him, man. No, I'm pretty convinced I, that Carolla was pretty much. The whole reason I liked the Man Show to begin with. There you go. Oh, that's interesting. Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. Kimmel's all that. Yeah, I, I tell all my poor uh, radio brethren that are uh, finding their contracts not being renewed. It's like you've got a brand name. If you know, even if it's temporary, get on there and do a podcast. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh, Carol, Carol's going to change things. Uh, so oh, yeah. he had like, two, two million, two million downloads. I think he's an up to three. Something? Well, that's like Gervais well, was like that before him, and you're uh, yeah. But you know. I think I think I think Adam Carolla is going to learn from that and not charge people for it. So we'll see. That'll be interesting. All right, let's, let's wrap. We could talk about this for hours. Let's uh, let's wrap things up. Uh, uh, we're proud to help support the Hero Initiative. As always, uh, go help out veteran creators in need. You can do that by visiting www.heroinitiative.org. Or call 310-909-7809. We also have the PayPal link on the Around Comics homepage. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the iTunes reviews as uh, as of late. We've had a nice rush of them. So F. Monroe, GT Cipher, and <laughs> Ghetto Mother. Penguin. Ghetto Penguin. Ghetto Penguin. That's Opus's cousin. We appreciate um, the uh, the the push to three hundred. They're doing the uh, Bloom County, Bloom County uh, collected. Uh, Are they really? Bloom County. Oh, I love Bloom. I think yeah, IDW is so. doing, like doing it. Bloom oh, that's County. outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good for them, man. IDW's coming out with some nice collections. Oh, those books man. are those books are fantastic. They do a great job. I have the uh, the um, peanuts. No, Dick the, Tracy, Little no. Orphan Annie. I don't even know if it was. I don't think it's IDW. Terry and the Pirates. Exactly. Let's keep Jesus trying. Christ. <laughs> no. <laughs> Noel Sickles. Calvin and Hobbes. I have the Noel Sickles. Calvin the Calvin and Hobbes, Hobbes awesome. library thing. Oh, very nice. Awesome. It's just beautiful. Yeah. That's great. 
No, I don't have the, any of the rest of those. Okay. Uh, you can uh, you can drop by the, the forum at aroundcomics.com if you want to continue this conversation. No, uh, you, can fo- you can follow all of us except for Jeffrey on Twitter. You're not on Twitter, are you? No. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did just, I did no. just start a, a new yes, blog, a new blog. Kind of thing. So. What is, what is the blog address? Yeah. It's, it's jeffreybrowncomics.blogspot.com. Very nice. There you so, go. I'm just posting whatever projects I've been working on lately or like... Someone actually uh, posted that on on our forum and the eleven o'clock uh, forum. So cool. So you have uh, that was me. Under <laughs> <laughs> a secret you, name, you, you are been... you are David D from New York. That's why I don't have time to listen to podcasts. I'm posting about myself <laughs> on every comic book forum <laughs> in the world. Uh, you, yeah. sir, are going to be at the Windy City Comic Con. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. <laughs> it's, it's a big it's a big trip. Yeah. Get, on the, <laughs> get on the train. It's like 15 minutes. Yeah, do you even have and... to take the train? You can probably take a bus. It's probably easier. Montrose no, tr- bus or something. No, the the brown line, I just mm-hmm. take it down and... Get off on Addison. Get off. Yeah, it's, you know... Right by or no, Belmont. Confine. Sorry, Belmont. Oh, hey. oh, yeah, get off yeah. at Belmont. It's You know, it's a short short walk. I could transfer to the red line and then Come on up take to, that to, one to step. Addison. But, you know, it's like... Uh, I know, waiting for the red line yeah, it's, it's like train talk. So yeah, so so anyway, uh, uh, Saturday, September nineteenth, from ten a.m. to six p.m. Uh, go to www.windycitycomiccon.com. Uh, please uh, order your advance tickets if you can. They are uh, just only to make ten, Chris only, happy. Only ten dollars, ten and, bucks, uh, ten and it bucks. will it will assure you eighty of, creators. Uh, yeah, I was gonna 80, say, did you see that roster for Christ's sake? Eighty oh, some shit. talent. 30, there, huh? 30, 30 new guests this year, and, and we're gonna have some uh, some more creator announcements. I think the next time we record, so I gotta go twist some arms. All right, crack I some was, heads. I was, uh, it's only like two hundred and nineteen uh, days. I was. Were you? Were you oh, getting yeah. on, people? I was getting on. Good. Good. You know, we'd love to have you come. You know? <laughs> if at all possible, we'd love for you to come. He's got fra- he's got fraction in the trunk of his car now. No more no more Iron Man for a few exactly. months, folks. Sorry, kids. <laughs> all right, uh, uh, check out Tom uh, Tom who wasn't here uh, for this episode. Tom had to uh, go meet his lady, his mm-hmm. lady, his fiance. Who's he's probably? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna yeah, I don't want to know. I, I don't want. I don't want to know where Tom is Tom right now. Tom would say it. Um, but uh, you can uh, you can listen to Tom uh, three times a week on Tom versus the Flash. Is he enjoyed he run- that this week? Yeah, he's cracking. Oh, he ta- that, it's a great podcast. Uh, uh, the aforementioned eleven o'clock comics. You can uh, hear me and Vince B and David Price and Wood. Come shake the- your fist at the podcast as we all do when we listen. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's a good time. It, it is. It is an alcohol fueled. I'm, I'm a couple hours. I'm a couple fun. episodes behind. Right, on that I, one, I think yeah. I'm only one episode behind. I'm gonna have to. I think I'm too. I want to hear the Watchmen reviews. I haven't heard the Watchmen. Uh, reviews. yeah, it's probably a lot of what you heard. It's a uh, um, jet. Yes, but I, I haven't heard Vince's uh, take. And I Vince, are we going to do? I, I want to hear. Honestly, our, I enjoy hearing yeah. what Vince and David and uh, and Wu would think. Are we going to do our annotated Watchmen? Otherwise, I'm just going to do it myself. Any anybody uh, anybody out there want to uh, want us to do uh, a Watchmen a series on Watchmen comics or? I don't know how many episodes it would take us to, to break it 12. break it down. Probably twenty four. Oh, you mean the film or the, or the <laughs> no or the, the comic? The comic. The comic. Yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to. It's. Uh, I'm working on my annotations. I may just write the book. All right. Yeah. The I mean, I just book. why just you know. Another podcast is just no. I know everybody's no, yeah, been yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, understand. Yeah, that. yeah, CGS did it, but uh, well, I think um, that the nice thing about I mean it was interesting. The the nice thing about Watchmen is that you can I mean I think you can view it in a lot of different ways i mean there's not like 
I enjoy finger there's not one the there's not one answer like oh, you, you know what I mean it's like there's it's so complex and dense that you know oh, two people can read it and have different experiences from it and no pull question. different things mm-hmm. so I don't I mean like I I uh I want to talk more about like the the actual story a bit more than I've heard okay. other podcasts talk about it a little bit yeah I don't um, I'd like to release them all at once 12 episodes at once just put it all yeah, out there just 12 at once that's just, just put them. that's a lot yeah no i no i'd like i'd like to you know take our time recording them and then just put them out there and let people get through them as they Good as Lord. they as they wish well so. let us know if you'd have you'd have any interest in hearing that maybe yeah, we'll do it be fun. uh otherwise i'm just gonna do my own all right uh, By myself. uh mr centrist anything coming up on word balloon shit no nothing shit, no, not, no. not a damn thing not a goddamn thing no us like, Jam Dematis should be uh, posted by the time of this. Dem- uh, is it Dematis or Diamantia? I'll Diamantias. find out on Saturday. Find out. <laughs> I'll find out tomorrow when I'm talking to him. Mark, I'm sorry. I always get your name wrong. Uh, uh, when are you talking to Bendis again? Could you ask him, you know, did, we got did Dr. Months. Manhattan we got kick months. him in the nuts? Uh, yeah, I'll find out what his, what his Watchman Lord. hate is all about. But I'll, but, well, I'll let that gestate before I, before I good ask him. God. Um, you going to rag on the fucking uh, Green Lantern movie, too? No. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm talking about sure, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, who else did I just uh, hang out with uh, in WonderCon that it's definitely... Oh, you know, Gary Gianni, who I'm really looking forward to speaking to. Mm-hmm. Chicago guy uh, has been doing the Prince Valiant comic strip, unbeknownst to us, because it isn't carried here in Chicago. But I think uh, oh, is an interesting uh, guy to talk to, much like I did with Alex uh, Saviak in uh, mm-hmm. New York about where the comic strip is going with all the new- newspapers biting the dust. Sure. And he's just such a beautifully classic illustrator. I'm, I'm a huge fan. And it was great seeing him and Mark Schultz and some of the fine Fless uh, publications uh, artists over there. Just just nice. really beautiful stuff. Yeah. So. Gary Gianni, uh, Academy of Art alum. Yeah, indeed. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that great group of guys, Alex Ross and Jeff Darrow and the Gianni brothers. I mean, absolutely. That was fantastic My talent came Kava, out of Joe yep. Thompson. Yep, yep, absolutely. Before uh, we finish. Uh, I was. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, funny misshapen body now available from uh, Touchstone Books, an imprint of Simon and Schuster. Uh, retails for sixteen dollars US. Anything else that we're missing on that? Um, what other books no. are you missing? Buy it. Go get Buy it. Buy it uh, or read it. Mm-hmm. Or both. And, or both. Read it in Buy the store it, and then just send you cash. Else, or read it. Buy something else. I would I recommend go go to a bookstore, read it, and then just send money directly to Jeff. There you, there you go. go. I think that works better. <laughs> that works. He's like he's that nodding, just, but he's like I can't I'm condone like, that. Like, <laughs> like at first it sounded, I was like, yeah, and I was like that just seems something wrong. I, I don't know. <laughs> just sending money. Anything, anything on the horizon after uh, misshapen um, body. You know, more, more issues of Sulk that I'm working on. Um, Top Shelf is actually working on, there's a short documentary um, oh, great. called Drawing Between the Lines, kind of about me and alternative comics. Um, and Top Shelf is going to try and put out a DVD of that later this year. Outstanding, man. Hopefully for Comic-Con. Beautiful. Um, if not, we can premiere it at Windy City. <laughs> yeah. Certainly the Chicago sure. premiere should, should sure. happen at Windy City. Sure. <laughs> so you got a theater. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just directing any more Death Cab for Cutie uh, no, uh, um, videos. If no? you go on the blog, though, you can see a, a little short trailer. I saw that for trailer a, for a little, little that things. was very cool. Very cool. It was like Who your own that? motion comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except even better. The yeah. anime. I mean, it was really yeah, it was, cool. No, animation. it was actually, actually it was animated. animated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Beyond a motion comic, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, worked on that and 
Yeah, what am I working on? That's it. Right now, I'm working on a the story for the Pop Gun anthology for Volume Four. Oh, cool! So, be a while before it's a great anthology. That, but um, yeah, same and playing 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 with the boy at home, right? There you go. Going to the park. Mm -hmm. Letting him age in the sun. (laughs) He draws whales and sharks right now. So, oh, cool! Nice. How old is he? Just over two. Just two, over two. So my kid can't draw shit. <laughs> whales, like whales and sharks. It's be, it's be, it's it's because you encourage him so much. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're so positive. I don't. I don't Jack, he doesn't listen <laughs> to the show. No. Hey, Yasso can potty in the potty. No, he's, he's learning, but yeah, not doing that good. Yeah, you, you had one, takes you had, time. You had one more thing. Yeah, well, because we didn't really get to talk about. Um, uh, any comics there was something i just was gonna um, mention mm-hmm. a book that uh from last week that i really loved and uh was rebels too yes oh. if you're not reading that book man that that thing is awesome that and, is an awesome book. and again the first and second issues are out so another good jumping on yeah. point for the uh, cosmic side of the DC I universe just absolutely watch love watching brainiac be a dick to everyone that he <laughs> runs across nice he's just my kind of guy just an cool. asshole. I gotta read it. It's still it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, so. like 18, eighteen books this yeah. week. I'm, I know it was a crazy Good week, man. Course. I heard you say the same thing, and I'm like, this <sighs> is. I spent way too much money this week, but yeah. I have to say it's all good. It's, it has, but I haven't been disappointed yet. All right, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sal and and John and Jeffrey. You don't have to thank me. And, yeah, I, I, and uh, I got nowhere else to go. And uh, Mr. Mark Beatty for uh, um, for hosting us as always, and his magnificent oh, mane of hair. Oh, is it Jose here? Is the is the last one? It was Eric, like, there were like leave. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, there was like here. twenty people. Norton here. had his cake and left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you to Mike Norton for bringing me birthday cake. Happy birthday, great. and uh, and and you for bringing pizza. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. That, that that Red Wings pizza. Yeah. Jeez, I'm talking about. She's just got. Oh, that's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've got you're, issues. You're, right. you're bipolar in your sports love anyway. You go from the Rams to wearing a Bears jersey. You're not. You you can't talk about anybody's love for sports because we're not you talking pick, about football. Pick, we're talking about hockey. <laughs> this week it'll be the Blues, and next week it'll be the Blackhawks. Say, and the blues? Please like give the blues? me a break. I'm a, oh yeah. Okay, I was going to say. I'm a Sox fan. I'm a Cardinals it's that, it's fan. I'm a Bears Illinois fan. Thing, man, they're too close to St. Louis, and they don't know where they're real. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, they're, yeah. they're all bipolar. Car- Cardinals are my team. I'm married to a Sox fan. So Whatever. There's. Yeah, yeah. There, there is, I like the Rams as long as they had Kurt Warner, but then now I'm a uh, Arizona Cardinals yeah. fan because they're Cardinals. I like whoever's winning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, the all perceptive right. eye of The only reason Brown he's wearing a Bears jersey is because even though the Bears suck, they're still better than the friggin' Rams. I like yeah. so really... the best free agent signings. <laughs> I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan now. All right. Like be, before I get torn down anymore here, I'm going to sign off. Everyone, have a fantastic rest of your week. That's pretty easy. Weekend. Yeah, I, know you, were, I know you were. I'd give you shit on that. <laughs> we'll be back again on Monday with another full-length episode. Uh, the uh, return of Sal Abinetti. Oh, Sal's coming back. It happens again. Saw him Uh, at WonderCon. He was hilarious. Oh, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He just had a birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Sal. Did he? Happy birthday, Sal. All right. Everyone have a fantastic rest of your week and weekend. Be back next Monday. In the meantime. In between time. Thank you, sir. We'll be everywhere in and around comics. Ha, 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 ha.
views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those the individual is expressing them and may not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Any reproduction, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of Around Comics is strictly prohibited. All content presented in this program is the sole property of Around Comics, and this has been an Around Comics production copyright 2009. It looks so